0: After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal! Okay, fellas, we are set to go. Let's go! We are kicking. Watch the blue! Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, baby! Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting! Please
1: move in. please move and play oh, the I'm not going to that I made a mistake. I think I'm bang on man
0: if you were looking for the big free agent signings, they have not happened yet. Normally, that's a July 1st tradition, but of course, the calendar has shifted in the NHL. So, Josh, I guess we're going to have to wait a couple of more weeks before free agent frenzy begins and to see which new referees and linesmen are signed on for next year.
1: Hey, you know what? Why not? We need a a little expansion draft kind of action there for the officials. We've got some officials that were former (laughs) players. So, uh, you know, throw it out there. Cast that net a little bit wider. I'd like to see that, actually,
0: to have, (laughs) you know, an expansion draft and a protected list and everything for officials. I think that would be a lot of fun and interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they could... uh, You know, target certain guys that they think are very mobile guys or or guys with good judgment or maybe some guys that they just don't want to call penalties anymore. Tom Wilson, (laughs) welcome. You are now a linesman.
0: Congratulations on your promotion. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about that. This is the Scouting the Rest podcast. It's brought to you by Manscaped. There are special savings available for you with our Manscaped partnership. If you use our special code, it's not a secret code, but it is a special code for savings for you. You receive 20% off your order and free shipping. We mentioned July 1st, and we're now into full summer and holiday mode in both Canada and the United States, celebrating the birth of these two countries. Enjoy a happy, safe celebration for both. You know, we've also got the Stanley Cup final going. It's the championship. It's a fun time of year. We have seen great crowds in both cities that have rejoiced in celebration for their team. Now, Josh, I have not personally tried this, But, you know, some people like to celebrate their team or even celebrate Independence Day or or whatever with some sort of a unique outfit or or something similar. There's there's also that extra creative group that really goes the extra mile, does a little something to create a logo of some sorts and incorporate that into their personal grooming. Like a, a maple leaf or the Stars and Stripes logo, we've seen it shaved into the haircut that has been done on the head. Now, it's not something I have done, as I say, but with the Manscaped skin safe technology as part of the lawnmower, this would be a very safe endeavor for a below the equator grooming your team logo or a Stanley Cup or something similar or creative, don't you think?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that is that is truly going the extra mile there. And and you're right. You've got the tools you need for whatever approach you're going for there. And I, I do like that the lawnmower does have the different adjustable settings. So you can you can go close or you can go a little less close. And I guess if you're artistically inclined, you can use those to your advantage and, and get a little crafty in your trimming.
0: If you don't want to go that route, then know that you are using any of the high-quality Manscaped products that will give you comfort and confidence going forward. The lawnmower is fantastic. The weed whacker is great. All the crop products are good. They are the perfect package for your package. Oh, Maybe there's a new slogan there. What do you
1: think? Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. And and it's spot on because you're right, Todd. It's it, you've you've got all you need to to take care of things and to to make. Not only the the area comfortable, but to have the the lotion or the the crop preserver and the things to keep it fresh, comfortable, and uh, all around a little bit more maintained and a little bit nicer of a neighborhood.
0: Don't miss this opportunity to save. Go to the website now, Manscaped.com. Use our code REFs. Get 20% off and get free shipping. Please make sure you're following our social channels. For Josh, it's at ScoutingTheRefs on Twitter and on Instagram, and of course, ScoutingTheRefs.com on the World Wide Web. For me, it's at Todd Lewis Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, we welcome email questions as well. Hey, Ref, at ScoutingTheRefs.com. On this week's episode, the refs that made the cut move along. Nothing to see here. Does Shea Weber have a pre authorized payment plan set up? Sergachev for interference, is it enough? And where's the NHL Ref Award? I saw the awards given out, but I did not see any given
1: to guys in stripes. That's a bummer, right? I I know. I keep wishing that the league would embrace the officiating the way the KHL does with their Golden Whistle Award and to to recognize these guys and, you know, pick a pick a guy who's been a top performer, pick a guy who's gone above and beyond give them a shout out, give them some some celebration, some recognition during the awards ceremony. They're out there on the ice. They are the third team and and they're not getting any positive recognition. They're getting some attention, not always positive. But but why not take advantage of the NHL awards? It's such a controlled environment anyway, that it'd be a great opportunity (laughs) that they could really recognize some standout officials. So one day, one day, Todd, we will we'll keep carrying that torch for the NHL officiating awards. I agree. Okay, so let's recognize and say
0: congratulations to those that are working the Stanley Cup final. Unfortunately, however, one of most people's favorites is not part of that group, and that would be Wes McCauley, who did not work in the semifinals. He is not working in the final again this year. It was Frank Saravalli who... Revealed in a story that Wes McCauley has apparently tested positive for COVID, you noted weeks ago that he was missing from the roster. I had not seen that reported anywhere else, but we wish Wes well and hope that he is on the road to recovery.
1: Yeah, big loss for the NHL. I mean, Wes has been one of their top guys, one of their go-to officials, working eight straight cup finals. He missed one because of injury, but he was still named in hopes that he would be able to return. So this is the first time since 2012 that we've had a Macaulay-free Stanley Cup final, and uh, certainly a big loss from the NHL's officiating roster standpoint. So hopefully he'll be in top shape for a good, healthy, complete recovery and return for next season.
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay, let's... Rewind just a little bit, if we can, here to last week's podcast. Josh and I engaged in a spirited discussion, we'll say, about what we expected from NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman's regular media availability that takes place prior to game one of the Stanley Cup final. For those that simply say he never really answered the questions about officiating, I don't think you're looking deep enough into this one. I thought the commissioner was at his absolute best. In fact, I think he really enjoys and relishes the opportunity to get together and to have those covering the final pitch questions at him. I'm, I'm not saying that all that cover the league are cheerleaders, but many are. And Mr. Bettman was brilliant in his opening remarks to tamp down cries of outrage even before the Q&A started. To paraphrase, he acknowledged that calls get missed, and he and the league are heartsick about it when it happens, but he also, I thought, recalibrated expectations here a little bit, saying, we're not perfect, we're never going to be, but look at all that we have done to improve the officiating He mentioned adding a second referee, but I think that one's pretty much past the statute of limitations, don't you think? But he said there's more more video and constant feedback and training. I thought he handled what was going to be a bit of an ambush, I think, rather brilliantly.
1: Yeah, you have to imagine that he knew it was coming, right? There's been so much buzz around officiating in the Stanley Cup playoffs that there's no way that that Bettman... And his team weren't preparing. And rather than wait for the questions, they jumped in front of it. And he's right. You know, Bettman made some great points there. Of course, it's easier to pick out the flaws, it's easier to find the mistakes, it's easier to see where things have gone wrong because there are those opportunities. And everyone likes to jump all over a potentially missed call or a controversial play. So that's what gets the attention, that's what gets the headlines. But I think, I think Bettman was smart in how he addressed it. I think he's absolutely right that these are individuals, they have personal judgment. It's the human nature of how calls are made. And he mentioned, and I'm glad that he did, that officials do constantly get critiqued. They constantly get feedback and they are held accountable for the calls they make or the ones they miss. It's not something that we see publicly. It's not something that the league broadcasts out there. And and I understand why they wouldn't. You know, you don't want to undermine your confidence in the officials. You don't want a coach questioning a guy who they know has been reprimanded or or has had some missed calls addressed in the past so it doesn't really benefit the officiating or the league to make that public but I'm glad that he mentioned that it does happen it happens behind the scenes and the league is constantly trying to improve the officiating that they've got but uh, nice of him to mention that part and call it out because we don't see it and just because we don't doesn't mean it's not happening
0: No, and I I think they're right to protect their people as well. And uh, the commissioner in the NHL does this, and understandably so. For instance, if if you were reprimanded at your job, whatever it is, for an offense or or missing a deadline or something like that, you wouldn't want that publicized in the company newsletter, I don't think. And And that would be the that would be the a comparable, and I don't think that's fair. Understanding that, yes, there is constant review and scrutiny, I think makes sense. But I also think he was very smart when he said that we want the standard to be the same from Game 1 to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. That's Game 1 of the regular season to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. But it's the teams that alter the style of play, which makes the standard appear different. I thought that was a brilliant way to handle it.
1: Yeah, I I thought that was interesting. I I don't know that I'm 100% on board with that because I I feel like we do see a shift Mm -hmm. a little bit in the types of calls. And I'll go back to the Connor McDavid thing of all the penalties he draws in the regular season, but those restraining fouls aren't necessarily called as frequently in the playoffs. And that's why he doesn't draw penalties in the postseason at the same level or at all as as the case was this year. So I, I get that teams adjust their style, but I think... That makes it even more important that the officials hold tight to that standard. And a trip, an interference call, a hook or a hold that we're calling in game one should be called just the same in the playoffs. It doesn't always happen that way, but to hear him publicly say or at least publicly address that, you know, that's something we can hope for in the future is that the league does continue to push for that standard to be consistent in the regular season in the playoffs and let the teams adapt to that.
0: There's always room for improvement, I think. And I believe that officials will say that as well. And honestly, I don't believe anyone is more heartsick about missing a call than these individuals that work as hard as they do. They take the same pride in their game as the players do out on the ice. But maybe rather than saying there's nothing really to see here, maybe let's find a more formal and ongoing process to make improvements. Consult with the guys that are on the ice and and others to find ways to improve rather than denying there's any reason to be upset, I think.
1: You're absolutely right, Todd. The The officials want to get the call right. And there's nothing worse than going into the room during intermission and seeing a replay and, and going, oh boy, I missed that one. Whether it was positioning, whether it was what you thought you saw in the play. So yes, they absolutely want to get the calls right. But I, I think it would be wonderful to get officials feedback on where they feel opportunities are. You know, do they want league and team support to crack down on specific rules or should things be called a different way? And I'm not even talking rulebook changes as much as just confirming that everyone's on the same page with the standard. Like Bettman mentioned, we hear a lot about the teams and what the teams want. We want to make sure we're hearing what the officials want too and and getting their opinion and their thoughts on how things are going on the ice. And you don't want to give them rules that are harder to enforce or make things more challenging for them to do their job out there. But you certainly want to make sure that's in line with what the teams and the league are expecting on the ice.
0: You're getting players commenting about it as well. Connor McDavid, who picked up an award or two earlier this week, mentioned it. Uh, Sidney Crosby also had some comments a a couple of months ago as well about officiating. And again, they're looking for consistency. And I I think they're trying to to help. And I hope they're listening.
1: Yeah, and in both cases, it was nice. I mean, these guys are both very diplomatic in their comments, but nice to hear them supporting The officials themselves and understanding that the referees have a hard job these are real-time calls on the ice the game is so quick positioning is so important they don't have the luxury of those of us sitting at home and watching four different angled replays on our tv to make a call or to question a call so nice of them to acknowledge the tough job that the officials have but at the same time in their comments put out there that they have concerns around consistency with the league. And and that is not just an officials thing. That's a that's a league thing where you do need to look at it holistically with the, the hockey operations folks and the teams and the board of governors and the officials and the players and and try to get that standard right and make sure that that's what's being enforced on the ice. So I, I think they've done it very diplomatically. And I'm, I'm glad to see them calling it out because that the only way it's going to get addressed is if we have players, especially high profile players, mentioning it.
0: This is the Scouting the Rest podcast. It's brought to you by Manscaped. Special savings are available for you with our Manscaped partnership. Use the code REFS for your order at manscaped.com. Receive 20% off your order and free shipping. How would you characterize the officiating through the Stanley Cup Finals so far through the first few games? I I think it's been pretty much what I expected. Um, I, I, I don't think that the teams are focused quite as much on the 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 shenanigans as they are at the potential for the big prize. And maybe that's helping a little bit, too, that that there's been less noise, so to speak.
1: Yeah, that usually does seem to factor in that as the the stakes get higher, there's less room for nonsense. And we do see penalty totals drop typically in the Stanley Cup final as a result. So. I think it's the games have been well-officiated. I think you've got a great veteran group here. You know, we have a couple officials making first, second trip to the finals. Eric Ferlat, of course, working his first Stanley Cup final. But some veterans out there as well. And I think they've been calling it even, calling it tight, calling it close. There have been missed calls, certainly, as there always will be. But I think you've seen the officials trying to keep it fair and equitable And I don't mean equitable in the sense of three penalties to three penalties, as much as that standard being the same for both teams and and trying to make sure that the game's being called the same way on both sides of the puck. And and I think they've done a great job of that so far.
0: Now, of course, there are a couple of calls that will pick on, if you will, and suggest that maybe these are the ones that have gotten a little bit of attention, whether it's a call or a missed call. Let's begin with Shay Weber and the slash that took place on the back of Nikita Kucherov's legs. It was a missed call. Video doesn't lie. It was there. It happened. And when it's looked at by player safety, it is certainly worthy of a $5,000 fine that he was assessed. I don't really see it being anything more than that. If it was caught, it would have been a minor penalty. But again, I don't think it was anything more than that. And you know what, Shea Weber, as I as I mentioned at the beginning, probably has an account set up already (laughs) with player safety, so it's just automatically deducted.
1: Yep, and a well deserved fine. I mean, he he earned it. He got every every ounce of chop out of that for his five thousand dollars. So he was frustrated late in the game, trailing by. Three, I think it was four one at the time, and already shorthanded. Interesting, the the penalty doesn't get called there. We've got Tampa already on the power play there. So, you know, was that one that was a situationally based call? I don't know, or was it just missed? But nice to see player safety coming in with the fine just to address it. I know five thousand dollars is not a significant amount to Shea Weber, but it's it's still the act of acknowledging that this is something that we don't want to see in the game. Certainly not suspension worthy, but nice to see him uh Get tagged for the five thousand dollars anyway. I'm just imagining Shea Weber kind of looking
0: over his monthly statements, <laughs> like, okay, so there's Netflix charge and there's a Hulu charge and Apple Music and DPS. And thinking for a second, DPS that <laughs> seems kind of, all right. Department of Player Safety. I got
1: it. Yeah, he just budgets it in there. You know, he's just got a he's got the Player <laughs> Safety Fund every year. He just contributes to a separate account there, and, and when the fines come in, they just write them off. The other one that
0: got a bit of attention was the hit by Mikhail Sergachev of the Tampa Bay Lightning on Arturi Lekhanen of the Canadians in game number two. Two Two-minute interference penalty is what was called. Now, Lekhanen does go crunch into the end boards. I don't agree with the mostly Montreal-based outrage that this was a heinous and egregious foul worthy of supplemental discipline. It was an interference penalty. I know that you're allowed to make contact with an opposing player, prior to touching the puck as you're engaging in the in a fight for the puck. But I did not think that this was a a horrible,
1: violent act. It looked and sounded bad, but it wasn't the worst hit we've ever seen. I think you're spot on there, Todd. It, It wasn't the worst hit. It was one of those situations where the outcome may have impacted the penalty call here. I think if Lekanen is able to stay on his skates, I don't know if you even get a call here. It's a bump going for the puck, but because he lost his balance and because he hit the board so hard, uh, that may have contributed to the official's split-second decision to to draw the call. But when you look at it, it, it almost looks like he lost an edge as he was going in, lost his balance. So certainly not anything more than a minor. I can absolutely understand and agree with the minor penalty call because of how it looked. But yeah, not not a significant call. One, though, that when you see a player who's potentially injured, certainly it, it makes you want to reevaluate it. But we want the officials penalizing the act, not necessarily the outcome. As unfortunate as it is when you have a player hitting the boards dangerously and potentially suffering an injury, sometimes it's the result of the hit. And sometimes it's just a, a really unfortunate outcome that comes from a legal or maybe not quite as devastating of a play as we saw here from Sergitif.
0: Right. I think you bring up a very good point too. That there's so much that the officials have to watch, have to take in, and process in a short period of time, and decide: is there a call or is there no call? As you mentioned, and it's a great point: is do do players catch an edge as as a hit occurs, or does that really cause them to stumble? It's it's no different than oh, was it is it the player's own high stick or was it the opponent's high stick that made contact? These are things that have to be dissected and adjudicated in a very short period of time.
1: Right. And it's the same approach that player safety takes on a much, much faster level. So when they're looking at a hit, you know, the first thing is, is this a suspendable play? And then they're looking at the outcome. Well, the officials have to do that all in one shot. They don't have multiple angles. They don't have replay. They don't have a second look at it. It's so hard to separate that when you're doing it in real time. It's one of the pieces that makes their job that much harder to try to differentiate, you know, was this hit deserving of a penalty? If so, what level? And what was the outcome? And was the outcome a result of the hit? Or did a guy happen to lose an edge, lose his balance, and it was just an unfortunate play that resulted from an innocuous contact? And they've got to do that all in real time. Immensely, immensely hard. (laughs)
0: Very, very difficult challenge. Absolutely. Okay. There's, there's another shout out I want to give to the officials for doing a great job too. In game number two, I I think it was in the second period, the puck scoots across the goal line and the play is blown dead. And I'm immediately thinking, I'm not so sure that that was an icing call. They take a couple of seconds, they confer, they get it right, face off the play at center ice. This is another good reminder that communication on the ice is so important. And even as the commissioner said, they don't get every call right. And I think that hybrid icing... It's, it's got its benefits, but it's very challenging and very difficult at times for the linesman to get right. So after a chance to have the quick conference, they decide it's incorrect. They face off at center ice and, and everyone's okay with that. This is not a, a life or death choice or decision. It's not about taking away a prime scoring opportunity. The only advantage really gained is possession. So let's face off at center ice
1: and have a go at it again. And everybody moves along. It's not a big deal. That's exactly it. You want to get the call right. And if you know you're making the wrong call, once you've got additional information, whether it's the the referees, the other linesman, somebody else weighing in on the ice, the whole point is to get the call right. And if you're not getting it right on an icing call, you're dropping the puck at center. So we had two veteran officials in that game. You have Johnny Murray and David Breesbaugh working in that one, over 2,500 games between them, over 200 playoff games. So they've been there. They've seen everything before. And uh, two guys not, not afraid to admit that, you know what? I appreciate the additional information that tells me that this was not an icing or that was not the right call on this play. So let's drop the puck at center. And and that's the best we can do to fix it. So nice to see the officials do that. And remember, that's all huddling on the ice real time. They're not looking at replays. They can't go to a replay on that. So it's purely just what they saw on the ice and nice of them to take the opportunity to come together and confirm the call.
0: As we get to the end of this edition of the Scouting the Rest podcast, we congratulate all those officially announced as part of the ESPN NHL coverage, beginning pretty quickly as a matter of fact. Now, the graphic I saw had 24 names and 24 photos. I expect your reaction, Josh, was similar like mine. Some I'm pleased about, others, you know, I'm a bit indifferent or I'm not thrilled about. It just depends on personal preference. However, none of those named are officials we need a referee analyst.
1: That's the hire I'm waiting for. I agree. I could not believe how many former players and some really smart folks that provide terrific insight that we've seen or heard from over the years. But how do you have so many former players, so many former goaltenders and (laughs) former coaches and not one former official in the lineup when That type of information, that unique perspective would be so important, especially, I would think, for a new network partner that's coming in that really wants to step up their coverage. Why wouldn't you have a zebra out there? Well, let
0: me provide a little hope. I just read this in the last little while from Sean Shapiro at The Athletic, quote, This new era of broadcasting could also signal the addition of a rules analyst on NHL broadcast. This has become commonplace in the NFL, NBA and soccer broadcast, but it's been lacking in the NHL space. Given how much scrutiny officials have been under in this year's playoffs, it almost makes too much sense for ESPN or Turner could be trying to find a former referee to add to their broadcast lineup before next season. Our cries are being
1: heard, Josh. Yes, that would be wonderful. And and just in case they can't find the right former official for the job, I, I think Todd, we should, we need to dust off our resumes there. Oh, you're the guy. I, <laughs> I am championing your I, I I will be your agent. If you I'll be your representative, I'll reach out and if you want if you want the gig, I will be happy to champion your cause. Hey, whatever it takes to get somebody in there who knows the rule book. Come on, let's let's make it happen, ESPN the scouting the rest podcast is brought to you by manscaped get 20% off and free shipping with code refs at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com use code refs that's r-e-f-s unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped